0: Hello everybody and welcome into the nicest episode of The Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host George Kurth, here along with the one and only Tyler Snyder. Tyler, what's up?
1: Well, you know, everything's fine. Titans are the top team in the AFC, so it's a good day.
0: And Cody Roadcap, Cody, how are you? I'm doing good.
2: Packers are near the top in the NFC, so I guess we're doing good.
0: George, how about your Eagles? Um, we have our moments. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't really want to talk about it, honestly. So uh, I forgot to mention it is Friday, November 12th. So if you guys are listening in, you know when we're going here. And we're going to get off my Eagles topic. We're going to talk some actual NFL news and notes. And we're going to give a full preview of Week 10, telling you who to start and sit in fantasy and more. You can find us on thecouchgms.com with even more info than you get on this podcast and on our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thecouchgms. Why don't we jump in and talk NFL news. NFL news. I know we covered a lot of things on our Tuesday show, but we have an update on a couple of things. First, let's start with Cam Newton, who has now signed with the Carolina Panthers because Sam Darnold is expected to miss extended time and hit the injured reserve list. Cam Newton said they say Cam Newton will start when he is up to speed as well. I mean, I know some of us on this podcast are fans of P.J. Walker, and we think Cam Newton's kind of washed. Do you think that this is a good move for the
2: Panthers? It'll sell jerseys again.
0: Well, you're right. Or people can reuse their jersey if it wears the same number. Or people can reuse.
2: It might get some people excited. (laughs) (laughs) It'll sell jerseys. It'll sell sell
0: tickets. My biggest
1: question is, like, what does it do to the value of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson?
2: yeah that's that's what we're gonna have to wait and see because when we saw cam newton up in new england last season he wasn't the best throw of the football anymore i mean that he's always had his limitations when it came to throwing and they've seemed to digress a little bit uh he still has his running ability which could actually make him a viable fantasy option some weeks uh depending on matchups just because he will still touchdowns it might hurt christian mccaffrey in the red zone too that's something you have to consider um, but honestly, Robbie Anderson can't get any worse, so hopefully this is at least a boost for him.
0: Maybe just a little bit of confidence for an offense, like like that spark just because it's something new that'll like maybe get the dropsies out of D- uh, DJ Moore, too, because I mean, like they've just been struggling as an offense in general, so they really can't get much worse. Like you're saying, Robbie Anderson can't get much worse. The offense in general almost right now can't get much worse, so I'm going to hope that it stays the same or gets a little better thanks to that new spark or, like, Oh, my gosh, Cam's back, and everyone loved Cam in Carolina. But I'm not super confident in that offense. I mean, outside of Christian McCaffrey and hoping DJ Moore has
2: a little bit of a rebound. Yeah, I mean, they are a half a game out of the wild card right now. They're sitting at the eighth spot right behind Atlanta. So this move could most likely get them into the playoffs. It looks like that's what they're trying to do. And their defense at the beginning of the year was – Good enough to keep them in any game so they could make a they could be a sneaky team that makes a a decent push here the second half of the season and uh, one other name tommy tremble the rookie we've talked about him a few times early in the season he hasn't done much since they traded dan arnold uh but when cam newton was there prior now it was a different offense he was a big fan of throwing to the tight ends that's why greg olson ian thomas those guys were always decent fantasy options with him there so tommy tremble could be a, a sleeper name that you might want to add this week or next week and, once Cam Newton gets more involved in the offense.
0: Definitely. And then Cody, I kind of have to ask you what it was like during the OBJ sweepstakes as there was first, like he was going to take a little extra time. And then we found out today it was between the Rams and the Packers. And he ended up signing with the LA Rams. Cody, what was that like in those couple of moments thinking the Packers might get OBJ. And then we'll go into actually
2: the fantasy outlook of the Rams. So as a Packers fan, it was, you know, it was an experience that we're so accustomed to, like every look, look, look back earlier this season, Stefan Gilmore, he wants to go to the Packers and that was leaked very early in the process. He ended up trading to the Panthers and they're like, oh, that's where I always wanted to go. The very beginning, the first name out of the mouth when he was cut, the Packers were his top choice. Then it was like, oh, the Chiefs, here's the Saints. And it almost seems like the Packers are the team that, like, agents use to get action. Like, oh, the Packers are interested. We want to be interested. And even the, the Rams were late contenders. They came in late. They really sold him on the offense. Sean McVay talked to him about, you know, how much they're going to use him. I mean, I understand they're different players, but Deshaun Jackson just asked for his release because they couldn't support four wide receivers. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, now, as a Packers fan, it would have been fun. I joked about it with you guys. Back in our college days, we would play Madden and do connected franchises, and I would always trade for Odell Beckham to have Odell Beckham. And Devontae Adams, I mean, it would have just been like reminiscing in Madden. But on, like my fiance even said when she got home from work today, Odell Beckham, I guess he would have made us marginally better, but he's not going to fix the Packers special teams. And until the Packers special teams gets better, I mean, that's the bigger need right there. And that's not the sexy thing that fans want to talk about. It's not fantasy relevant. Uh, but OBJ for the Rams, I mean, that's definitely going to be fun, and a lot of people would be now using the Rams when they play Madden.
1: Yeah, I'm just confused about a lot of things when it comes to the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. I mean, one, why do so many fans out there want him for your team? I mean, I understand the talent that he could possess, but honestly, we haven't really seen – classic Odell since 2016 and the amount of locker room drama that he brings. It's just, it makes me nervous. I wanted to avoid him as a Titans fan. Not that we had any shot to get him. He wasn't even in the discussions, but I definitely didn't want him. Uh, I'm confused that he says, He wanted his release from the Browns because he is tired of the usage and then, like you said, goes to a team that had to release a receiver because he's not getting used enough. I mean, they have Cooper Cup, they have Robert Woods. And honestly, I don't think you can just go ahead and bench Van Jefferson uh, with the addition of Odell Beckham. He's been too good and he's, you know, a future star. So I don't know where all these targets are going to come into play. And the last thing I'm confused about is how people are suddenly like, oh, now the Rams are the best team in the NFL. Now the Rams have, like, they're so much better than everybody else now. They're this, like, super team. Uh, people are attributing them to the Detroit Pistons of last year and the old New York Yankees about how they just buy all their players and became a super team. Like, does Odell really take the Rams that much higher? Like, is adding Odell on the field really that much better than Cup, Woods, Van Jefferson? And people are saying, how is it possible that anybody can stop this offense now? They were just stopped. Like a few are we forgetting that a few days ago, like Titans fan or not, their offense was shut down completely. Uh the Titans showed a way to do it. You get in Matt Stafford's face, he makes mistakes. So I'm just I'm confused about a lot of things, why people are making a huge deal out of this. I don't know. I guess I could be proved wrong.
2: No. Hey, we I,
0: all could be, and we'll have to wait and see how their usage is when we can talk more about that um when we get to their game. But Cody, go ahead, you can wrap up.
2: No, I was going to say, I tend to agree with you, too. Like, don't get me wrong. I would have loved Odell Beckham in green and gold. You probably could have talked me into buying his jersey just because, you know, he is such a popular name. It would have been fun fun to own. But you're right. It's not the same Odell Beckham we saw with the Giants. He could potentially get back there. There's a lot of pieces in the Rams offense. And you talked about, are they much better? It's interesting that before Odell Beckham was signed with the Rams, they were plus 800. Uh, in terms of betting to win the Super Bowl, they signed Odell Beckham. They're still plus eight hundred. So even Vegas <laughs> didn't even put any like didn't even move the needle for Vegas. So just something to keep yeah, um, just keep your mind on. To
1: to add a little snippet in here, like to be fair, if Odell went to the Packers, I would say it moves the needle. I would say they get better because right now it's like you know even if I don't view Odell as like that much better or that great right now, he is still a, a decent receiver. And right now I feel like the Packers have Devonte Adams and that's it. Like everybody else. I mean, they have other guys that could step up, but for the most part, they're all just names at this point. Nobody has really taken that step onto the next level to be great. If Odell can even show a hint of his great status of old, the Packers get two receivers in that offense with Aaron Jones. I think it would have, taken a step up for them. And I think he actually would have been heavily used in Green Bay. Uh, You have Devontae Adams who's double, triple covered almost every play. That leaves people uh, that leaves coverage off of Odell on the other side. He would have gotten heavily used. Uh, So I'm just, I think he would have moved the needle for Green Bay. I don't think he does anything for the Rams.
2: I will say one more thing before we wrap up and get into what everyone's probably actually listening for. I do know there was some reports that Odell Beckham didn't feel like the Packers were going all in. They didn't like, you know, they didn't bring the full used car salesman pitch. Um, They probably told him the truth that like this offense still runs through Devonta Adams. This offense still relies on the run game. We're going to use Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like you're a complimentary piece. Like you have to buy into your role there. And you mentioned our other receivers. They might not be huge name options, but they all have a role and they all play it very well. Marquez Valdez-Gantling's a deep guy. Randall Cobb's the security blanket. Alan Lazard's the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL, and he has sure hands for in tough situations. They all play roles. So maybe that there wasn't some aspect of it that, you know, Eldo Beckham wanted to be, felt more like a superstar, and the Rams did better at courting him that way. He gets to go out in LA with his friend, LeBron James. Vaughn Miller was FaceTiming the new guy they acquired. That apparently. Them going out and being so aggressive was a big factor in why he picked the Rams. To me, the better situation was in Green Bay. It may sound biased. Um, I'll still root for Odell Beckham except when he's playing the Packers because I I did enjoy watching him play on the field. Uh, He is definitely a super talent when he was at his prime, and hopefully he can get back there. I mean, it's better for the NFL when Odell Beckham is playing at a high level.
0: OK, and we'll see if he does end up playing to a higher level. We'll talk a little bit more about the situation of how the offense could shake out when we get to that game. But it's not until our Monday night football preview. We got to start with the one o'clock games first and open up our week 10 preview. And I guess actually before we start one o'clock games, we should talk about bye weeks. So buys this week, we got the Chicago Bears, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New York Giants and the Houston Texans. So now to the 1 o'clock games. We either have a blowout or an upset coming here. The Buffalo Bills traveling to the New York Jets. The Jets have seemed to like to knock off big teams so far this year. Uh, but fantasy-wise, why don't we start off with the Bills because there's, a, there's big news in the tight end market that Dawson Knox does not have an injury tag. Um, he was a full participant on Thursday. He's expected to be back in full this week. Somebody throw right back on the dartboard because of how good he was doing before his hand injury.
1: I think he's Absolutely. more than a dartboard, to be honest with you. I think he's huh. a uh, – unless you have one of the big three or big four, Dawson Knox was so heavily used and such a big piece that I think if you have him, unless you have a bigger option, you put him in your lineup. Uh, I think he's better than a dart throw. Uh, and to be fair, I think he might be what the Bills were missing. I think the Bills' offense has been sputtering of late, and I think they could really take a step up having that big, short uh, – guy like Dawson Knox and if their offense gets rolling like old that means Bills are going to be putting up a lot more points and that could really start opening things up for guys like uh, Emmanuel Sanders again, Stephon Diggs, maybe even Cole Beasley. Um, I I think the Bills as a whole are going to take a step forward with Dawson Knox back.
2: 100% agree with Snyder. I I mean, that doesn't i don't normally get a 100 agree with snyder but i'm gonna agree with him on <laughs> the dawson knox the team was averaging 35 points uh prior to his injury they scored 35 points the whole time he was out he's that that guy that you know he gets a first down he keeps drives alive he d- might not always have the big flashy numbers but he's reliable and i did give you the nugget on Tuesday. He is on Josh Allen's fantasy team. So take that for a grain of salt. So, I mean, he's probably looking for him a little bit extra in the end zone if it's a close matchup. So Dawson Knox, definitely in my starting lineups. Unless, like, you have Travis Kelsey. Then I'm not going to start Dawson Knox, but you should probably trade one then.
0: Great question because, actually, I got a start-sick question about Dawson Knox. So Dawson Knox or Kyle Pitts? We'll see what the matchups this week. uh, We Pitts against Dallas.
1: Pits against Dallas, against the Jets. See, the Jets are a weird team because they really are one of the hardest teams against the passer. Um, And I feel like Atlanta's offense is lacking so heavily that Pitts is becoming a huge, huge piece. Uh, I would tend to lean Pitts personally. But honestly, depending on how bad your team is, you honestly play both, put one in the flex depending on who you have. Lex in a tight end.
0: Cody, <laughs> anything? Yeah, to add?
2: I, I think I have to, to lean pits that one too. Like if I'm just trying to do like a quick rankings in my head, like I'd probably have pits at five knocks at six. Like I don't think that either of them would be uh, bad plays by any means, but if I'm doing the quick ranking, in my head pits would be like one spot. Ahead.
0: Okay. Good to know there. Um, And, I mean, I think we're pretty much starting everyone else we normally would on Buffalo. But on the Jets' side, I want to talk a little wide receiver because we had a big game out of Elijah Moore last week. And I do believe Corey Davis is still on track to miss this week. Without Corey Davis, are you confident sticking with an Elijah Moore? (sighs)
1: See... The interesting thing is it also depends on the quarterback situation and the Jets did name Mike White, the starter and guys, I-, I feel weird about this. I've said it before, but I almost feel like I'm more confident starting Jets receivers with Mike White as the quarterback than I am uh, with Zach Wilson. Uh, I-, I don't know why. I just feel like Mike White has must have some kind of leadership or something that they try to rally around him. They we're giving I'd- us
0: more with White, which makes no sense. I
1: like Elijah Moore this week. I mean, I don't love him. I like Moore as like a wide receiver three, uh, low end wide receiver two. So I would probably aim more towards a flex depending on who you have. Um, I'm not huge on him, especially against the Bills stout defense. Um, but you got to also think about game script. And as long as this game goes in normally and not like the Bills Jags last week, the Bills should go up early. The Jets should be throwing most of the game to try to catch up. Um, which really does open the door for a guy like Elijah Moore, who is that big play threat.
2: Yeah, I I think I would, you know, I mean, if you're stuck in a tough situation, but I think I would pivot away from the Jets wide receivers. I know Mike White was named the starter, but he didn't finish the game last Thursday. Um, And that's, you know, kind of when they started putting up a ton of points and made the Colts game pretty interesting there. Uh, So I'm not completely sold on the Mike White experience, Uh, So that goes for Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder. Um, Those guys I'm definitely trying to pivot away from if I could.
0: Okay. Um, And I think I did miss on the Buffalo side. We had a limited participation in practice on Thursday from Zach Moss. So anybody who was thinking about that spot started Devin Singletary. Might have to pump the brakes. But I think that's pretty much all we need from Bill's Jets. We can move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Washington football team. We can start on the Buck side. Cody, I see you have a note for the Buccaneers injury report. What are you looking at?
2: I just have on the rundown. I just gave everybody the injury report. So it was just so that we have it here to, to reference. So I didn't have to look it up when you guys asked me a question. So I don't really have anything too big uh, to report off the injury report. Um, but the biggest thing in the Bucks is who's going to be playing at wide receiver. Uh, Chris Godwin might not be active, you know, Antonio Brown is out of his walking boot, but still not expected to play. Uh, So it seems like a great week for Mike Evans. And it also could be an interesting week for a guy like Tyler Johnson. I know it's a guy that Brady likes. He doesn't get as many opportunities, but if both AB and Chris Godwin are down, it could be a guy that's probably not even widely owned that you could potentially sneak into your lineup.
1: Absolutely, Cody. Uh, I agree with you there. Um, You also, I mean, You got to think about the tight ends. Do you start any of those tight ends with the receivers week?
0: Well, I know Gronk is also somebody who's missing practice, and I feel like we had some decent games out of O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait without Gronk. No Gronk, if that does happen, and weak and wide receivers, I think that might be a good week to take a stab at one of those other tight ends. And I hate having to choose between the two because you're either going to get the two touchdown game out of break, or you're going to get OJ Howard showing who OJ Howard is and why he should be freed. So it's a dart throw, but if there's no Gronk take a stab at whoever you're more confident in.
2: Yeah. I, I look at these tight ends similar to how I do the Cleveland Browns with Austin Hooper and David Njoku. It's too hard to gauge on which guy's going to be relevant in the red zone or in between the twenties. Um, that's why I, If I had to play a guy that was missing, I would pivot more towards a guy like Tyler Johnson over, you know, taking a hope on a touchdown for Cameron Braid or O.J. Howard.
0: Okay. And then moving over to the Washington side, I feel like we almost always have to talk about Washington running backs. Um, Are you any more confident in Gibson this week? Where, Where are you thinking?
1: No. No, the no, Bucks are one of the best teams against the run, and Gibson is constantly limited. Um, I would fade Gibson at any possibility this week.
2: Yes, Gibson, if you check out the thecouchdm.com, he is one of the, the sit options, I believe. I, you think I would know 100%, but if not, he was in heavy consideration to be one of the sit options. Like Tyler said, he just hasn't lived up to it. He was very close to being... My disappointment of the year on Tuesday when we did that for the midseason review, a guy you expected a lot out drafting me in the second round. He has just been too injured to stay healthy enough on the field full time. It's been a bit of a disappointment and I don't see it getting better this week.
0: OK, so then we're talking about fading Gibson. They could end up being down in this game, you would think. Is this a good game to flex JD McKissick? Hoping you're getting some passing game and maybe he gets a couple carries as well. Uh,
1: Also, no, Uh, if you're in a position where you need to play J.D. McKissick, I think your season's probably in the toilet and you're trying to build yourself back out. Uh, I don't like J.D. McKissick. I feel like there's enough fringe running backs that if you're really that desperate, you can pick somebody up. Um, Obviously, Devontae Freeman would have been a good one before the Thursday night game. Um, And there's more. Uh, Contact us if you're really not sure, but I would not start J.D. McKissick. As far as like startable players on Washington, um, just because of game script, I like Terry McLaurin. I, he's been kind of wishy-washy this year. He hasn't been that consistent, solid guy that we remember from him. Um, I'm still starting him if I have him. Um, other than that, man, I don't love a lot about Washington against the Bucks defense. I have a bad feeling it's going to be a blowout.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it'll be quite a full-on blowout, um, but, you know, with the Bucks coming off of a buy, it doesn't seem like it's a great matchup. Yeah, McKissick, I mean, I know he's had, you know, nine points last week, 11 points two weeks ago. So he has been putting up decent numbers, but, like, that's pretty much his ceiling at that point. So, you know, there is probably guys out there that you can play as potential options. The only reason I would even look at him is, if, his, if you are in a full-point PPR, I mean, he does have eight receptions in two of, the th- two of his last three games. So, I mean, that's eight points right there for a running back. Uh, but if you're a half-point PPR standard, I'd pivot off of McKissick as well.
0: Okay, I think that pretty much wraps that up. So, we talked a little bit about the Falcons and Kyle Pitts earlier. We can move on to them facing the Dallas Cowboys. So, we do like Pitts, obviously. And this might be a good week for Matt Ryan, you say here, Cody?
2: Yeah, I think it is a good week for Matt Ryan. I think it's a good week for both quarterbacks. Um, Matt Ryan has been playing very well over the last five weeks. I think we often forget or overlook the Falcons because they started off so abysmal. They weren't a, a very good team. Like, It's like, oh, that's an easy win. And they're turning around here. Like, like I mentioned at the top of the show, they're currently sitting at the seventh seed. In the NFC. So they're, they're, they have something to fight for. Um, it's could be a, a good matchup. The Cowboys, their offense is very good, but their defense still has struggled at times. This could be a definitely a shootout matchup. Probably not like the one we saw two years ago where young way Two made two onside kicks in a row. That was an impressive game. Maybe we'll get at least one this week, but back to Matt Ryan, I do think he is definitely a viable starting option. Um, and that goes for quarter Patterson too. I mean, that's the guy he looks for the most. So he's another guy that you should keep in your lineups.
1: Yeah, you say we often forget about Matt Ryan. Well, not me, man. I've been a Matt Ryan truther for the last, like, three years. And every time I do, there's just silence on this podcast. It's like, it's Matt Ryan, man. It's it's whatever. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad he finally gets some He's
0: just kind of been wishy-washy. But, hey. <laughs>
1: And depending on who you have at quarterback, uh, especially with the buys and everything, you might need to start a guy like Matt Ryan. So, um, But as far as the Falcons, yeah, you got Matt Ryan. Uh, Kyle Pitts is definitely a start for me. Uh, you're definitely going to start Corderell Patterson. I'm not really liking Alameda Zaccheaus or Russell Gage just yet. I want to see one of them you know, become a more solid option for Matt Ryan. See one of them take a step forward over the other before I trust one of them as a potential flex option. Um, So as of right now, just starting those two. I'm also fading Mike Davis, if you haven't already. This guy has been bad this year.
0: Man, it's so bad. I've seen Mike Davis dropped in a lot of leagues, and I can't blame him. And I know it's bad when the Mike Davis truther over here to start the season has not even really wanted to add him. It's been bad, but I think a lot of it has to do with Cordell Patterson getting most of the meaningful work out of the backfield. But I think that pretty much covers the Falcons. We can move on to the Dallas Cowboys side. We got to talk Cowboys wide receivers every single week. So you got CD Lamb, you got Amari Cooper. Are you starting Michael Gallup against the Falcons defense that has been poor?
2: No, I probably would put him this week because it'd be his first week back to game action. Um, I think he is a viable starting option in the future. I think they can support three wide receivers, uh, but not the first week back. I think they're going to ease him in. Cedric Wilson has still looked good. And then Malik Turner, not Malik Turner. That's not his name. Is that his name? The guy that scored two touchdowns for no reason last week. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Number 17 for the Cowboys. You're not going to start him either. Don't chase those fantasy points. Uh, But I think the top two, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, should be good to go.
1: Yeah, in all honesty, we also got to think we are coming close to the trade deadline for most fantasy leagues. And if you have one of the Cowboys star receivers, if you have an Amari Cooper, if you have a CeeDee Lamb, even if you have the tight end Dalton Schultz, I just feel like there's getting to be a lot of mouths to feed over there. Um, I would not mind trying to trade one of them high and getting somebody else that could be more consistent down the stretch. You got to think playoff time if you're in that stretch. Uh, And if you're trying to make a push for the playoffs right now, you got to get a guy who's more consistent. So I don't mind trying to sell some of these Cowboys high right now.
0: Definitely. I could see that. That's great advice there. Someone who you might've thought about trading him for until we had some bad news would be Julio Jones. Tyler, give us the update on Julio. As we talk some saints at Titans.
1: Well, yes. Uh, Okay. So, Yesterday would have been Wednesday. Wednesday's practice was the first time this entire season that Julio Jones was not on the injury report at all. And then uh, Thursday, he tweaked his hammy at the end of practice, was running a route at the end of the route, came up a little lame and grabbed his hammy and looked pissed. So it looks like that nagging hammy injury just won't go away. I know Cody hinted towards it. Our last podcast, he kept saying hammy. I really thought he was finally over it. Apparently not. Um, Look, if you have Julio in fantasy, just stash him right now. Um, I don't know if I'd be going to trade for him, like I said in the last podcast, with the fact that he cannot seem to stay healthy. But I'm not dropping him either. Uh, This does open up more passing for A.J. Brown. I think that he is definitely going to be the number one target again. Um, as far as tight ends, you're not taking any of them because they have three of them that they use all three. There's really no other receiver that I would try to go out and pick up. Um, and running backs, look, I love AP. I think down the road AP is going to be a good startable option. Um, but right now we don't know who that is running back is going to be Titans said they're going to roll with the hot hand so if dante foreman comes out and runs well it's going to be him if mcnichols comes out and runs well it's going to be him so just fade all of the titans running backs until that becomes more solid right now start aj brown start ryan Tannehill if you need a quarterback other than that don't start any titans
2: yeah i would actually even consider not starting ryan Tannehill this week um just because the lack of weapons, the Saints defense is still a top 10 defense in the league. They're top 10 against the quarterbacks in fantasy. So there's probably some other matchups out there that would be better. Maybe you're unfortunate enough to not be able to, or maybe you're in like a double or super flex two quarterback league and you have to play Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but if you're in your standard one quarterback league, you know, 12, 10 players, uh, I think there's some better options out there.
1: And one other thing, person to look for on the Titans side is potentially that Titans defense man they were bad to start the year and they were a fantasy defense that nobody owned but now they're a top five fantasy defense they have broken 10 points four out of the last five weeks and guys they're scheduled down the road they have the Jags they have the Texans twice the 49ers the Patriots Uh, they have the Saints this week with um, Trevor Simeon as the starting quarterback or Taysom Hill or And potentially no Alvin Kamara. So uh, the Titans schedule is real easy down the stretch. They are a great defense to go out and get if you're looking playoff time. Um, But, you know, I mentioned it. We might as well go ahead and talk about it. Alvin Kamara is not practicing. Um, I would actually, if you have the free space available, go ahead and go pick up Mark Ingram. He's been heavily using that offense. He fits right into that offense. And he might be a guy that you can just go ahead and start if uh, Kamara is ruled out.
0: Definitely. I know there's plenty of running back needy teams out there right now because of all the injuries and bye weeks. I'm one of them that would consider, and, to, and it's for I started Devontae Freeman on Thursday, but exactly. I mean, especially if Kamara doesn't go or if he's limited at all, I love that play. And the knee injury that Kamara has was called mild, but that does not mean he's not going to miss time. And we have to wait and see his Friday practice participation to have any idea how that's going to go. Um, other than that, on the Saints, it's just there's still a fantasy wasteland. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone else I really like to start there, especially now without Jameis Winston and and they're still not starting Taysom Hill. I guess it's it's tough.
2: Yeah, and like Tyler mentioned, this defense is pretty good. I wouldn't start Taysom Hill, even if he does get the the last minute nod. Um, yeah, the Saints. I mean, Kamara is the guy, and if he's not out there, you can take a chance on Mark Ingram, but. Again, just temper expectations. He's not Alvin Kamara, so there will be a little bit of a drop off, even if he gets the full time role. And
1: hey guys, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really trust any of the Saints wide receivers at this point uh, with the revolving door at quarterback and the drop off in offense.
0: Do you guys disagree? Or are you starting any of them? I just nope. feel like I never know who's going to be the guy that week. So I there's no one that's getting consistent uh, performance. So if you are like desperate or looking for a daily fantasy steal, you take a stab at either a Traquan Smith or a Marquez Calloway. But I don't like in a redraft league or a dynasty, whatever, where you're trying to look for somebody that gives you consistent points. It's just there's nobody there that fits that that role.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. So why don't we move on to another game featuring two AFC South teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars that shocked the Buffalo Bills last week and the Indianapolis Colts, Tyler's Arch, Nemitz. Wow, I had to make a joke, and I can't even say the word. (laughs) Uh, So let's just move on and get past that moment and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They won the game, but they only scored nine points, so it wasn't like there was a ton of fantasy output. Is there any guys you're considering starting on the Jacksonville side?
0: James Robinson.
1: Yeah, James Robinson, definitely. Uh, (laughs) Marvin Jones is like a borderline flex if you're desperate. Um, Dan
0: the man Arnold.
1: Yeah, I don't really, I don't even trust Trevor (laughs) Lawrence, honestly. I'm not really starting any of the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, except for, you know, like I'm not even starting their kicker. I'm just going to go ahead with James Robinson, and that's about it.
2: Yeah, and James Robinson is still dealing with a little bit of a heel injury. He was limited Thursday, um, so that is still something to monitor in that matchup. Dan Arnold, he could be a spot He got eight points last week in half-point PPR. He seems to slowly be building that chemistry. It's just if the Jags are going to find the end zone, might be a little bit tough, but seems to be a guy that they're they're favoring. So let's move to the Indianapolis Colts. They have – A lot more fantasy relevant guys. You have, you know, Jonathan Taylor, who is now the leading rusher in the AFC. And I thought it was very interesting. This is not fantasy related, but somebody asked him what it would feel like to win the rushing title this year. And I just felt like that was like a loaded question. I was like, has he even still passed Derrick Henry yet? Like, he's
1: 116 yards behind Derrick Henry still.
2: So he's supposed to win, but like, he's not even leading it right now. And it's only because Derrick Henry got hurt. Uh, but he's he's definitely balling out. He's looking like the guy that, that we expected from him last year. He's finally coming on strong in his sophomore season. Um, George, I'll let you talk about Michael Pittman because I know – and you can talk about Carson Wentz too, your two favorites.
0: <laughs> well, I think Carson Wentz has kind of been coming on into a good spot start uh, these last couple of weeks and now against Jacksonville, who has just been a struggling defense. I think that's a great spot start quarterback for you guys to find to – he's still on a lot of free agent markets I've noticed. So great job rate, great spot star for Carson Wentz. Michael Pittman is just a mainstay in my lineup. Now I think he's locked in that wide receiver two status and I, I don't see anything that can change that. So I don't even know if it's really much of a talk about Michael Pittman anymore. I think he's just, he's locked in.
1: Yeah, guys, you have Carson Wentz, you have Michael Pittman, you got Jonathan Taylor, um, but I just want to give a warning out to everybody listening. Be careful. This is the makings of a trap game. Uh, It's a divisional game, which always seems to cause issues with teams. The Jags seem to have the Colts number. If you remember, they only had one win all of last season and it was against the Colts in week one. Um, They just held the bills to six points. So, they have the possibilities to actually hold the Colts within check. Uh, This could be a potential trap game. This could be a game where the Colts really underperform. So I'm not saying go ahead and bench all Colts because the Jags are going to be the best team in the league this week, but just beware. Don't go starting every Colt you got because they're facing a terrible Jags team. Just start the mainstays.
2: Just
0: the mainstays. Okay.
2: I I will say, in one league, I do have to start Mo Alley-Cox. So I understand. Yeah, tight you're...
0: end. That's a dartboard
2: throw. <laughs> tight end dartboard. It's fine. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to do it. I, it was that or I don't even remember the options. They were they were really bad. I, I've been struggling at tight end in that league. Um, so sometimes it's okay. We're right there with you. We, we think we know a lot because that's why we do a podcast. But we all have that one team that we're not proud of that's not doing great. And the team I have to start, Mo Alley-Cox, is definitely that team.
1: All right. Well, now that we got some Mo Alley-Cox in here, let's go ahead and move on (laughs) to the next game. We got the Detroit Lions, um, who weren't able to lose a game because they were on a bye week. So congratulations to them for not losing. Uh, And they face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and just start us with the Lions because there's really not much to talk about. Uh, They do have – uh, Deandre Swift. He is definitely worth starting. Um, if you have him, you're going to play him. He's a solid back. Plus he catches passes. So even if he, if they go down in the game, he will still be used. But as far as receivers, look, they just made a claim on Josh Reynolds cut by the Titans. Their other top receiver right now is Khalif Raymond, who last season was cut by the Titans. So like the Titans reject receivers are really going to Detroit right now. Um, I, I'm not going for either of them. I'm not starting either of them. If you're super, super deep league where you have nothing else, maybe you throw a Khalif Raymond in there. But, look, hopefully you're not in that league. You're not in that situation. Um, the only other lion we're starting is TJ Hawkinson. And even he is – I'm a little concerned about him this week. I have a bad feeling that he's going to have a bad week. I don't know if it's just my gut talking to me or if it's that Steelers defense against tight ends. But, I don't love Hawkinson this week.
0: I just think like as much as Hawkinson has to be in the top, like I I can't say top tier, like second, that second tier of tight ends that you're starting every week because of how he, how he's the only guy on the offense and how skilled he is. The fact that he's the only skill, only really relevant skill player on the offense means he's going to disappear some weeks because defenses are going to bracket him out. So you just got to hope he scores a touchdown in weeks like that. He's going to have weeks where he scores three just because of defenses saying, well, we're just not going to let Hawk beat us. But then there's other weeks where he's going to get 10 targets and score you 15, 20 fantasy points. So he's not someone you can bench because you can never really predict when he's going to have that bust week. But you're right. This could be one of those weeks where he just does disappear and it stinks, but you have to stick with it.
2: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of stick with it, I know it's a tough matchup, but I still think you roll out DeAndre Swift uh in there as well. He's probably a guy that you if you have potentially, you know, could move him. You might not play him this week because it is a tough matchup again. But Jamal Williams is on the injury report. DeAndre Swift's the guy. He gets a lot of work in the passing game and the running game. You know, he's a top fantasy running back at the moment. So despite the poor offense, definitely can roll DeAndre Swift out there in my opinion. Um I real quick before I move on to the Steelers, I do want to know what are your guys' thoughts Not on playing Josh Reynolds, but because he did just get waived, they put in a waiver claim. They've been struggling at wide receiver. Is this a guy that you might be trying to grab a week early if you have the roster space so you're not fighting him on waivers next week? Um, Do you like that move? Or, Snyder, maybe this is more for you because you got to watch in the first half of the season. Is Josh Reynolds just not the guy we thought he was in L.A.? Look,
1: Josh Reynolds is a solid receiver. Uh, He can make plays. He did have some injuries this season, which held him out of games a little bit. Um, but his main issue was like he didn't do enough to separate himself from the other receivers in the Titans locker room, which. I mean, if you're on a team like the Bucks and your wide receiver six because they have Godwin Evans, like all those guys, like then, yeah, I kind of get it. But after AJ and Julio, who's been injured every week, like they had Chester Rogers, Marcus Johnson, uh, like these guys that you're not even Nick Westbrook, Akina, guys that most people have never heard of, and he couldn't outplay them. He was a healthy scratch because he wasn't doing enough to put himself. Uh, beyond them I did get to watch him in person in that Jets game that I'm still having PTSD about and he did make some crazy good catches but he's not getting open he's struggling to create space once he does get open he's making great catches but yeah he's just not able to create the separation from corners this year I'm not sure if it is a lack of uh, mobility based off his leg injuries he had this season but if it's me now that I've rambled on forever I would not go for josh reynolds just yet uh i want him
0: to prove that he can get open before i'm going for him i like it i mean i agree with you there as well i just think that on top of the fact that it's a bad offense maybe they just can't sustain a wide receiver that's fantasy relevant you know every single week so it, it's tough i would rather see him do it and fight the waivers than him up on a roster spot like we did a Monroe saint brown and now we're cutting him because he hasn't done anything uh, but we can move on to the pittsburgh side of the ball and i think we gotta talk wide receivers there as well so Deontay johnson's a lock in your lineup but a man who we were expecting so much more out of and he's just been banged up and hasn't done much in these recent weeks without juju is chase claypool and again he's on the injury report not practicing with a toe injury I don't know if there's any wide receivers after him that I would even think about targeting, but say Claypool does play. Is he somebody you're still confident putting in your lineup knowing he's banged up and just hasn't been performing?
2: No, I'm not playing Claypool. And I've actually heard he's going to miss a few weeks. So I know he hasn't been officially put on the IR yet. I they might be trying to see if he can be back in in week three, not miss the week three games. But I, I don't expect him to play this week. And to your point, then I wouldn't you know go out there and throw – James Washington in my lineup. I just, Claypool is a special talent. James Washington, he's been there. He might, you know, catch a touchdown here and there, but it's too unpredictable to go with. The guy that's really going to benefit is the tight end, Pat Friermuth. Um, he's come on strong. He had two touchdowns on the Monday night game. He probably won't replicate that in this matchup, but that's a guy that Ben Roethlisberger is quickly making connection with. Without Claypool now, he becomes the second passing option.
1: Yeah, and like, I think that this team is really starting to emulate what the Titans have been doing the last couple of years, where this team runs through the running back. It is all about the running back. Najee Harris, uh, the whole team is on his back. It's all going through him right now. And if they have priority to anybody, it's going to be him. If they need to throw the ball, it's going to be to Deontay Johnson right now. And I do. I agree with Cody. I think Pat Fryermuth is target number two now Um, but I think that they're going to become especially with Roethlisberger looking not great this year he doesn't really have the arm strength that he used to have I believe that they're going to keep running the ball they're going to keep focusing on Najee Harris and only throw when they really need to Uh, and when the game runs through a running back like that so heavily you don't need more than two target options so I, I think after Frymuth and Deontay Johnson nobody else is really
0: fantasy relevant catching the ball a big change from last year when Pittsburgh just wasn't running the ball with James Conner, and that's why they had three fantasy relevant wide receivers. We're now seeing so much more usage of the running back, even in the passing game, that it's just been depleting all of those targets that we saw last year. But speaking of running games through running backs, well, hang on, the Browns you do that. Oh, okay,
2: before you move on, you do have to make a mention that Najee Harris uh, is nicked up. He got demoted to limited practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. That's definitely something to monitor because how much they rely on him. Uh, If he can go or if he's only able to go 50% of the game, it could cause the offense to become pretty stagnant and then even hurt guys like Deontay Johnson or you know, Pat Fryman. So just another guy you have to talk about or watch the rest of the, the week with the injuries.
0: That's a good point. Um, and what I was going to transition into is the Browns, who are traveling to the New England Patriots. They have a major running back situation here. As we know, Nick Chubb is on the COVID list. He still has a chance to be back for Sunday. But if I had to guess, I would say we're probably going to be missing him. I hope you all went out there and grabbed Dearnish Johnson on the waiver wire because he's somebody who's going to be an instant start if we do not have a Nick Chubb. And I also do not believe that we're not we're going to see Kareem Hunt back this week. I think he is eligible to come off injured reserve, but he is not practicing yet, so it's very, very unlikely. The Dearness Johnson game rears its head again, and even though New England might be a little bit of a better defense, I think it's still a solid play here.
2: Yeah, and Dearness Johnson might – I think George and I, George and Tyler and I were all talking about this uh, yesterday, Dearness Johnson might even be a, a play if Chubb does come back. I mean, because he'll be out a whole week. He will have de- dealt with COVID. They might not have given him a, a full workload. It could be an option there. And then, like you mentioned, Cream Hunt's not there. Demetri Felton is also on the COVID list. So really right now, Dearness Johnson is the only running back, and they're hopeful to get some other guys. Uh, so he, he'll be a big part of the game plan with or without Chubb. So I think he can be started if Chubb isn't there. But you can still, are uh, but just you know bring your expectations down a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you also need to look at look. We talk about great game script a lot. Uh, when you have a bad team facing a really good team, they're going to throw the ball a lot. When you have a good team facing a bad team, they're going to run the ball a lot. But the other thing you got to look at past game script is also game situation. And right now, Baker Mayfield is banged up. He is hurting. He has a really bad non-throwing shoulder. Uh, So they're probably not going to want him to drop back and to to throw as often as they normally would. They're probably going to try to limit that so they don't kill their quarterback. Uh, OBJ is gone. They do have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was worth an add if uh, you wanted to go get him on the waiver. But they're not in the situation where they should be throwing the ball like we originally expected from this Browns offense. I think they're going to really try to hammer home the run. Um maybe even more than usual, which is saying a lot with them having Hunt and Chubb before. I think they're going to go really hard uh with the run game right now. So I do think that both running backs will be very heavily
0: utilized. Definitely could see that. Um and I think even though we did add Donovan Peoples Jones, he's probably not somebody I want to play this week and you may be desperate enough that you have to start Jarvis Landry, but I like avoiding him a little bit as well. Moving on to the Patriots' side, broken record. I mean, we're probably starting Damian Harris. Is there any other running backs you like? Do you like Ramondre Stevenson? There was another little run on the waiver wire for him again this week just because he had his game where he got 10 targets, I mean, 10 rushes, but then like now he's going to get another three-rush game, I feel like. Well, don't forget. Yeah, you
1: also have to keep in mind that uh cody was probably going exactly where i'm gonna go here but they also have brandon bolden and brandon bolden has been really heavily used in the passing game he's been that pass catching back so uh damian harris has been pulled out of the game a lot for uh brandon bolden and ramondre stevenson has looked really good i mean i know stevenson is questionable right now i expect him to play but i mean what do i know um So, yeah, they have three running backs, and they also have the toughest running back schedule the rest of the way. Uh, In all honesty, if I'm a Damian Harris owner, I'm not worried about trying to start him. I'm worried about trying to trade him while he still has value uh, while I can.
2: Yeah, not a bad option to trade Damian Harris. I was actually going to bring up Brandon Bolton, but for a different reason, because Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are both out with a concussion. They haven't practiced at all wednesday or thursday so that's something to monitor brandon bolden might be not just the passing catch guy he might be the workhorse back uh this week if those guys can't get out of the concussion protocol let
0: me just check really quick and see if there's anybody else to watch on that depth chart i know we have brandon bolden that wasn't there like a jt taylor jj yep. taylor we tried yep. to call him jt jj taylor he'd be the other guy probably that would be splitting work in that situation so maybe another DFS play, maybe if not someone you play as a desperation flex, I would probably just like them more in DFS. But if they're really going to have running backs missing time, it's a team that does like to run the ball. You just never know where the carries are going to go. So that might actually make it more predictable if they have two running backs missing time.
2: All righty, well, let's move on to our 4 o'clock games. We have the Minnesota Vikings versus Georgia's second favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers, George. Why don't you kick it off with the Chargers since that's your real favorite
0: team? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's too much different to report on the Chargers than there was in the past few weeks. Except Mike Williams now threw up two dud games in a row, and he's somebody that, even though I think he's going to turn it around, it's, it he's showing more of what he was before this season. It's a little disappointing. He was somebody we thought we could rely on every single week, and now you have to start maybe playing the matchups or just trying to hope that you play him the right games where he's not going to bust. But that being said, I think I'm still probably going to keep my lineup this week because a lot of teams might not have a choice with how much they were relying on him as a wide receiver too. after how the season was going. Uh, Other than that, Eckler's good to go. Keenan Allen, keep going. Same with Justin Herbert. And I don't think there's really anyone else to add in there. Um, Tight end dartboard possibility, maybe for uh, Parham. Uh, because they seem to want to target him in the red zone, but I think he's probably lower end on the dartboard because there's other tight end options in L.A.
2: Yeah,
1: and if you have have Donald Parham on your team or in your lineup, I mean, you have a great, uh, terrible fantasy team name of Chicken Parham uh, right there, ready (laughs) to use if you need to. Adding Uh, him? (laughs) but anyway moving on to the Vikings because I think they're more interesting to talk about Uh, you have you know you have Justin Jefferson you have Adam Thielen Uh, let's get past all that but guys are you worried at all with the news that broke about Dalvin Cook Uh, where's your thought process right now with him
0: well let me say I don't I think in the grand scheme of things it's not going to affect him this season like you could end up seeing more coming out in the off season, or if more legal things come out when we start to figure out which side is really at fault, whether it be he or the uh, ex-girlfriend that is accusing him. Um, but I don't think it's going to affect him this season. But it did make me go to action on waivers and add Alexander Madison as a just-in-case. Because, number one, I already think he should be owned, especially if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, not owning Alexander Madison. It's just missing fantasy points for the weeks he does miss because he's going to miss a couple of weeks here and there. It just happens. But we know he can be a boom running back if anything happens. And if it does happen that Dalvin Cook goes on the commissioner's exempt list because things get ugly in the next week or two, you're going to hate missing out or hate having to go into the waiver wire rush for Madison. So if he's still out there in your leagues, add him. I don't think it's going to affect Dalvin Cook this season, but in case it does, you need to be prepared. You need to be the person that has that leg up on your league and has Madison.
2: I'm still irritated. And <laughs> our league of record, I've held Madison about? since week one, <laughs> and then I ran out of players that I could cut, and I had to cut them this week with full intentions of picking him right back up on waivers. And George would never have picked him up, except on Tuesday night, the news broke. And I'm not trying to make a joke out of the situation. The situation is definitely 100% very serious. Um, there's conflicting reports on who is that all needs to, who is causing injury to who. All that needs to get worked out. I do think George does have a point, though. I don't think it will truly affect him this season in terms of availability. Like, prime example. We're seeing with deshaun watson he has a harassment case against him that's slow moving he hasn't been placed on the commission commissioners list yet we're halfway through the season i don't expect that for dalvin cook unless there is something major that takes turn in this this case um but i do agree with george madison needs to be owned and i'm i'm not irritated in the situation i'm irritated that george got him back after i've held him for nine weeks and just had to cut him to get a guy to start. And I couldn't even pick up a kicker, because I literally couldn't cut anybody, and I lost by four points. So I I lost by four points, and I lost Madison. It was a tough week in fantasy.
0: Don't be a Cody.
1: And guys, look, to be honest with you, we like to think that we get the news pretty quickly, but in reality, these teams know what's going on before we ever do. So monitor the team. If you see that oh, you know, the Vikings just so happened to sign one of their practice squad running backs to the roster this week for no good reason. Like, it might be a sign of something to come. Uh, The teams know what's going on before we ever will. So monitor the team. But as of right now, they're moving forward, uh, playing as usual. Um, The way it looks to start is that Dalvin Cook's not even at fault. And until it starts to switch to Dalvin Cook is... Uh, the aggressor and not the victim. Uh, I don't think we're going to see any kind of action coming to him from the team or from the NFL. So as of right now, you are good to roll with Dalvin cook in my opinion.
0: Definitely, but always be the most prepared franchise in your, in your league. But I think that's enough Vikings then for there, we can move on to the Carolina Panthers and their whole quarterback situation traveling to the Arizona Cardinals Not a great matchup already for the Panthers. And then you have P.J. Walker starting this week. You probably have to start McCaffrey. I'm not saying you should bench McCaffrey regardless. He's good no matter what quarterback is in there. But D.J. Moore is a great question because he started the season so hot. He was a lock for a wide receiver one in your lineups. He started to get the drops. And now he's got a backup quarterback who has not played many NFL snaps going against one of the toughest defenses in the league. I'm in a situation where I have to start DJ Moore in the league because I don't have any other options. If you have a couple other of those decent flex options, do you think that you could bench DJ Moore?
2: You better have some good options.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with Cody there. You have to have some good options. I mean, look, DJ Moore is not that absolute must start um, that we saw at the beginning of the season, but he's still up there enough that... I mean, really how deep are you that you're able to bench DJ Moore and feel happy about it?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think there you'd have to have been picked him as like wide receiver 3, like you went no running backs and you got Pittman in the last round or something. Something like that. Like that's how you'd feel confident like moving on from DJ Moore, but I I do think he's still out there. Um, but Until otherwise, Robbie Anderson's out of your list. I know I talked Tommy Trumbull a little bit with the Cam Newton news. Still not playing him. He's not on the dartboard yet either. So for me, it's just DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey as options in fantasy from the Carolina Panthers.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And then moving on to the Cardinals side. Still a little wait and see on Kyler Murray, but I believe he could be back this week. Um... And then we, I, I also don't have too much news on DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sure, Cody, maybe you can try to fill us in while I'm talking here. Um, other than that, I mean, if we don't have a DeAndre Hopkins or even if we do, are there any other wide receivers you like? I feel like we have this conversation every week. A.J. Green was banged up, but he always seemed to be the first guy in there. Christian Kirk is an inconsistent kind of player. They're just such a tough team to read, even though they put up so many points. It's not like they hoist as many fantasy relevant players as like the Bills do on a given week.
1: Yeah, George. In the beginning of the season, you and I had this exact conversation. Uh, who do you like after DeAndre Hopkins? And I went one hundred percent Rondale Moore, and you went one hundred percent Christian Kirk, and uh, Cody threw in the don't forget about AJ Green and. You know, I've completely changed tune. If I have to go with a guy after D Hop, I like Christian Kirk at this point. Um, even if Kyler Murray can't go, it looked like even the backup quarterback like Christian Kirk. I feel like he's been more the consistent option now lately. Um, and I think he's one of the healthiest of their receivers. I think Rondé Moore will always have. You know, some kind of role in that offense. They're going to want to run the ball with him, pass the ball to him. They're going to want to get him involved because he's so dangerous. Uh, but if I have to start a guy after D Hop, I'm going with Christian Kirk.
2: Yeah, it. If I hit you with the injury report real quick, Kyler Murray hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. But I know reports out of there; he's feeling better. He's going to probably try to go. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't practiced uh, either with his hamstring. I am not confident he is going to play and if he does i could see it being very similar to how he was used in that green bay arizona game a few thursday nights ago where he would come in on a third down he would come on when they need a distraction uh so if he's active i would even keep him on the bench i don't I it's crazy that's going to see but DeAndre hopkins i would not play him this week um rondell moore he has not practiced with a neck and concussion injury aj green this is super interesting he had he was activated off the COVID list, but according to the injury report, he practiced Wednesday and then was limited on Thursday with an illness. So that's something to monitor <laughs> there. I don't know if that was just like, you know, recovering from COVID. Maybe he was a little extra winded. He's doing the, maybe he's doing his ramp up period, but I expect him to be out there. Um, and that's the guy that I tend to like the most because he seems to get the red zone targets, even when he doesn't know that it's a pass coming to him. Uh, but he seems to be guys nice getting the red zone targets, but, That Arizona Cardinals, they're very good, but they're very banged up at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'd like A.J. Green if he's going to go because he's the most likely receiver to play the DeAndre Hopkins role, the reliable hands receiver. Not that he is the same beast as the DeAndre Hopkins at this point in his career. He's the most likely to do that. Um, And I like Christian Kirk if he's going to be the number two. And I'm going to backtrack to what I said in the past. This could be the Andy Isabella breakout game, but I don't like it enough to play him in a redraft or a Dynasty League. Maybe a DFS play if you're not going to see John Hopkins and you're not going to see Rondale Moore. Maybe take a di- take, roll the dice on Andy Isabella in DFS, but that's it.
1: Yeah, I don't love gorgeous. the Andy Isabella play, but I will say that Andy Isabella is my absolute favorite person to trade for in Madden. The dude's got, like, 97 speed, great hands, and you could trade for him for, like, a seventh-round pick or a backup backup offensive lineman. Like, the dude is so fun to trade for in Madden. So if you play Madden, you need a speedy receiver, go out and get Andy Isabella. That's where you need to get him.
2: And if you <laughs> play Madden and you play with Snyder, you know that he only takes players with 97 speed or higher. So that's why he loves Andy Isabella so much, including offensive linemen. It's crazy.
1: (laughs) 97 Uh, speed O-linemen.
2: That sounds fun. That's what you would want. That's what you would want. Uh, But I think that's enough for for that matchup. So we're going to pivot again now to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Denver Broncos. Can the Broncos complete a two-week series of beating the NFC East? But let's start with George's Eagles because I know he's rearing to go. Talking about his true number one team.
0: <laughs> At least you keep giving me that and not trying to say the Chargers are my favorite team anymore. I'm I'm, I'm glad it's editor just cut a little that. Chargers
2: bit. are my favorite team. Can I get a soundbite of just that editor's in the back, please? Thank you.
0: <sighs> Moving on to the Eagles here. Um, I think we had a really good discussion earlier in the week. When we were talking waivers about the Eagles running backs and Jordan Howard. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a situation where the Eagles are up, but I think the Eagles showed if they hang in games, they want to use more of a pure running back than a Boston Scott. If the Eagles fall behind, Boston Scott's going to be a very relevant back. Cause he's somebody who can pop a top off or be a really good change of pace, catch some piles out of the backfield. But Jordan Howard, I think is going to be the guy to get most of the carries and that makes him a you know, decent flex play, or If you're looking for running backs to be an RB two, he could be a guy this week that could fill in for you. Um, Boston Scott. I've faded to the point where I, I've even cut him in a league or two, but I, I don't, I just don't think I want to play him because I'm very scared about the way that they used him. Unless they, you, they would play like a team like the lions were expecting to go up again. There's just not many teams I expect the Eagles to go way up on um, wide receivers. I did actually like what Devontae Smith did last week. I think if, I, I'm, I'm worried about consistency there as well, but if him and Hurts really start to put it together, he could end up being somebody who uh, you know becomes more of a mainstay in your lineup. The Broncos are a little bit of a tough defense. I would probably try to avoid Devontae Smith if I can help it, but there are worse plays at wide receiver if you are desperate for a wide receiver. And then obviously Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard are in your lineup most weeks just because of the situation at quarterback and tight end.
1: Yeah, I'm attributing the Eagles' backfield to being like the 49ers' backfield. Uh, You could play Elijah Mitchell. You could play Jordan Howard. They should get the volume, but I don't trust either backfield. I think they're the same in that sense. I'm not touching any of the running backs if I have the choice, and I'm not going to forget that the Eagles are the team that when they had Miles Sanders – Healthy, they let him carry the ball three times. So, why am I supposed to suddenly believe that with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, that they're going to keep running the ball? I mean, I know they have run the ball more with Miles Sanders out. Makes no sense. Uh, way to go, Eagles. Uh, but yeah, I'm fading that backfield altogether if I have the choice. I just don't trust it. I
0: think the biggest thing with it, I, I totally get the skepticism, and I'm still a skeptic about it as well at times, but. After the Thursday night game against Tampa Bay, the Eagles like coaching staff said they stepped back and did a little self-scouting, and that's when they started to run the ball more than 10 times a game. And it's been working. They've actually had success. Miles Sanders was having a great first half before he got hurt in that game. So it, it, I think that the what have you done for me lately is why I feel a little bit more confident in Eagles running backs. But there is always that thing in my mind, too, that says, oh, this is going to be the game to go back to throwing 50 times or the only person that's going to carry the ball is Jalen Hurts. So I get it. But for right now, I'm in on at least having one fantasy relevant back, and the most likely for that is Jordan Howard.
1: All right. Well, I, you know, I think sp- we've spent enough time on the Eagles. So, Cody, absolutely, uh, we've already spent a lot of time on this podcast, so we could try to pick it up. Uh, who is starting from the Broncos on your fantasy squad?
2: On my fantasy squad from the Broncos – Alright, just in uh, fantasy in general. Let me just, let me rephrase yeah. that. Yeah, I know, I know I knew what you meant. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Javante Williams over Mike or Melvin Gordon this week. I think it's it's I mean I know it's been close to 50-50 split, but I think Javante Williams has started to pull away slightly just by what they're doing on the field. So I'd pick him over Melvin Gordon this week. Wide receiver wise, I'm gonna roll out Jerry Judy potentially flex Cortland Sutton. But this Eagles pass defense has been a lot better. They've been easier to run against and throw the ball. So there's not a ton of options I like on the Broncos. Uh, My favorite play probably is Javante Williams.
0: That's a far cry from how it's been the last few weeks just because of the major split. But, yeah, the Broncos wide receivers are almost doing the same thing the Broncos running backs did with just taking targets away from each other.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Not an easy team to, to pick apart, but we got one more 4 o'clock game, and it's with the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. This should be a fun matchup. I Russell Wilson will be back. Fingers crossed Aaron Rodgers will be back. When I say fingers crossed, that's because he has to clear uh, this ramp-up period over three-day time. That he can start doing virtually. That, but his first day back is Saturday. He has to prove that he is conditioned well enough to play in an NFL game. And it is worth noting that the Packers' uh, medical staff is notoriously known around the league as one of the most cautious medical staff. So there is a chance that they're like, you're not ready to go. And we see Jordan Love is here. But I'm going to, for the rest of this conversation, go under the assumption that uh, Aaron Rodgers does take the, the snap so or take the ball off the first snap, however you want to word it. He's good. I wouldn't play him in the lineup. He hasn't. He's practiced once in like the last fifteen days. But I don't. I I'm think sorry, but still, it's really.
1: It's really weird hearing you say that they are one of the most cautious uh, medical staffs when they are the team that had Aaron Rodgers get carted off the field in the first game of the season, only to play the entire second half of the game a couple <laughs> years ago. It's just funny to me to hear cautious and like carted, but he could play.
2: Well, I mean, he—they determined that he couldn't do any further damage. He played the whole season on a bad knee. He didn't get—he got surgery after, but they determined that it, it couldn't get any worse. It would just be pain management. So, but we've seen in years, Devontae Adams—he didn't want to play, or he wanted to play, and they held him out an extra week last year. Marquez Valdez Scantling was pissed that he got put on IR, and then he ended up missing four games with a hamstring. Like he wanted to play the next week. So that's what I mean when they're cautious. They like to take – they have a very long-term outlook. But back to this week, Aaron Rodgers, not my starting lineup. I love the dude, but he's not my starting lineup just because, like I mentioned, he has a practice in two weeks. He's been out there. I, you can still roll off Devontae Adams. He's still going to get his. Uh, Aaron Jones is a solid start, and I think A.J. Dillon is in flex consideration.
1: Is there any tight ends worth monitoring from the Packers now that Tunyon's done for the year?
2: Uh, No. I mean, no. Yeah. There's there's really not. There's not that you can start with any confidence. Like, Mercedes Lewis, he's going to catch a touchdown or two. But he's going to have, like, three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Like, that's – like, his ceiling is nine points. And until we see something out of Josiah DeGuara or a Dominique Daphne that's like, okay, they're starting to take over – Uh, though they're going to just be guys that catch a pass here or there.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to say, this game looked so much more exciting to me uh, a few hours ago uh, because the original reports were that Odell wanted to go to Seattle or Green Bay, and the original reports were he was going to wait till after Sunday uh, to make his call on who to sign with. And I honestly (laughs) believed that he wanted to go to Seattle figured, you know, if they lose this week, they're probably out of it. So if they lose, he shouldn't go to Seattle. He should go to Green Bay. And if they win, they are in it. He should go to Seattle. So I honestly thought this is going to be the battle of winner gets Odell. And that makes this game so much more exciting uh, than just your normal four o'clock football game.
0: Well,
2: would it's a great
0: game.
1: And it's just, I mean,
0: yeah, so, sounds like some bias. Never,
2: never. <laughs>
1: But on the Seattle side, oh. Russell Wilson should be back, so that makes things a lot more exciting, especially if you're a Tyler Lockett owner. It's kind of like, finally, I could play Tyler Lockett. Um, and I think DK it's like
0: Metcalf
1: should have an uptick <laughs> with DK Metcalf. Uh, Chris Carson might be returning from the IR. Um, so the Seattle Seahawks offense might be getting a lot more exciting, might be getting back to normal
0: real soon, guys.
1: Maybe even this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if you don't see Chris Carson back this week, I think that Seattle has been very cautious with him and will probably continue to do so. So I wouldn't be shocked to see another Alex Collins game here. Having Russell Wilson back is huge. And like you said, Tyler Lockett is the biggest addition to the Seattle Seahawks, and he's been playing the entire time. I think that addition to fantasy owners is even bigger than Wilson coming back, although I do think Wilson is a better start this week than Aaron Rodgers. Um, Cody said he'd bench him. I would probably agree, but I would probably be feel free to start Russell Wilson because he's had more of a ramp up period than Rodgers will have.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least Wilson did practice. Now he hasn't played in the game. Yes. um, But he did his mental reps where he ran a two minute drill in pregame warmups on IR. Uh, That's still one of the funniest things. I mean, no disrespect (laughs) to, to Russell Wilson, but that Monday night game where he did the ghost two minute drill, and he was calling plays in the huddle. That's one of my favorite things on the internet. One last note about this game it's going to be cold and potentially wet. We might get our first snow game. It might not drop enough to get to actual snow. It might be sleet and rain, so it could get a little sloppy. Um, we'll be very interesting to see. You know, bum finger, guy that hasn't played, could be more of a run heavy game, uh, but that's just something to keep in mind. Weather could play a factor in this one.
0: If it does get to close to snow range, I'm in on A.J. Dillon. We saw what happened the last time Green Bay played a snow game.
1: So moving on to the 8 o'clock game, we have the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Yeah, don't need to talk about that Green Bay snow game at all. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) I'm going to start there. Look, I know Patrick Mahomes put up a dud last week. um, And I know Patrick Mahomes hasn't been Patrick Mahomes this year. But you're still starting him, and, and this Raiders defense is nothing to be afraid of that you should be benching him. I, I know the Chiefs offense in general has not been what it's supposed to be, but if you have Tyree Kill, if you have Travis Kelsey, if you have Patrick Mahomes, uh, even if you have Daryl Williams, you're still starting them. Uh, they're still in your starting lineup. Uh, I don't really feel like there's anybody else after that that's worth starting, but if you have those core guys, you're still starting them despite – Kansas City not looking like themselves. And, and I honestly believe, I just, I don't see Kansas City staying like this the rest of the season and missing the playoffs and just being a dud for the whole season. I mean, look, look how they were in the playoffs the year they won the Super Bowl. It's They were down in the first half every single game, but they always came back and went hard when it mattered the most. Well, they're down in the first half of this season, and now it's time where it matters the most. I think Kansas City's going to go nuts in the second half and put up big points. So I'm starting all my chiefs. Um, well, all my core chiefs, but George, who do you like from the Raiders side?
0: Um, I do not mind playing Derek Carr in this situation, and I'm going to come back to Derek Carr at the end of this and ask you guys a question, but um, I, I, have to get a quick look at their injury report. If uh, Josh Jacobs is a go, I like him here as well. If not, it's a Kenyon Drake game for me. I think one of the running backs has to be a start. In my opinion, it just depends on the injury report and wide receivers. Brian Edwards. What was that? Kenyon
1: Drake's been limited as well. If I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. If one of them is out, I think the other one is an even better play. Um, If it is Jacobs and Drake at the same time, there's always going to be that kind of split because I feel like they've been using Drake more since the change in coaching staff. But Jacobs is still the lead guy. So if Jacobs is in, Jacobs is the starter in my opinion. Um, And Drake is a very desperate kind of flex play just because of usage. Um, But anyway, wide receivers, Hunter Renfro is the guy to me. I know we're still praying and hoping for that Brian Edwards breakout game, but it hasn't happened yet. He's just not getting the targets we want him to. So he's still somebody I'm stashing on my bench if I have and hoping he has a breakout in this game. I'm not going to start him on a Sunday night and hope he has to get me 15 points to win and then see him get two. Um, But I'm not scared of playing Hunter Renfro, and obviously you're starting Darren Waller as well. Um, What I wanted to come back to with Derek Carr is you know, I'm a big guy about playing your studs, so if I have Patrick Mahomes, I'm playing him. Tyler, you seem confident in Patrick Mahomes as well. I've seen a lot of people talking about benching Patrick Mahomes, and one of them I saw was he has Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr, and he's talking about, I just need to play Derek Carr this week. Would you consider playing Carr over Mahomes?
1: The only way no. I'd consider it, in my opinion, the only way – is if I have Darren Waller as, like, my best player on my team because I love having that quarterback uh, to top receiver hookup. But even then, no, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes everywhere. Um, Like I said, I think he's going to feast in the second half, and I don't think the Raiders' defense is anything worth uh, being afraid of. So if I have Patrick Mahomes, I don't care what other quarterback I have. I'm starting him.
2: All right, and I just want to clear a few things up on the injury front. Uh, Kenyon Drake is not listed on the injury report. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs is on the injury report, but he's been a full practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So they both should be go good to go. So probably lean Jacobs and then just hold Kenyon Drake and, yes. in the event he gets hurt. Agreed. Again, um, the one name, I, I'll bring it up again. I think it's worth adding Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he slots right in to replace Henry Ruggs He'll be the deep shot guy. He can be over the middle. not going to put him in my lineup week one. Uh, but he's definitely a guy, you know, you pick up either right before the Sunday night game or at 1 o'clock game, depending on how your league works. If you can drop guys that, you know, have already played, maybe you drop a guy that you were taking a swing on that didn't perform well and take a shot at Deshaun Jackson for the night game. Uh, that's something to consider. And then pivoting back to the Chiefs side, uh, Clyde edwards helaire is looking like he'll be activated off. IR in time for this game. I know that the reports out of camp are saying that he's looking good. He's looking better than ever. Do you trust him? I know Tyler said he played Daryl Williams. How does him being back affect Daryl Williams and the Clyde Edwards Alaire split?
1: if Clyde Edwards Alaire is starting, um or if he's really back in full, then I'm not starting Daryl Williams anymore. Um I didn't assume ceh would be back yet so that's why i like daryl williams but yeah when ceh is back i think he's going to take that starting job um weirdly enough i almost like daryl williams more than i like ceh uh when they are the sole back uh when ceh is back obviously you're going to play him but i just haven't been impressed with edwards Alaire really um lately but if you have him you're starting him Maybe not this week because I would give him a week to get up to speed, but got to manage that injury report. Let us know who else you have, and uh, we can give you the i the option for
0: who's best to start. Yeah, definitely. Our DMs are always open on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can send us even something on the com. One more game to go, guys, and we're all starting Odell Beckham when the Rams take on the 49ers, right?
1: No. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> okay,
0: good. <laughs> No. Is that just because of the new toy they're going to want to show him off kind of thing? Is that why well, you're thinking that?
2: 100%. It's Monday Night Football, <laughs> their new toy. like He's going to get a touchdown.
1: And look, I don't now, like Matt Stafford as much as you guys do. I don't think he's that special. But um, Matt Stafford just got embarrassed on primetime football. Like, All eyes were on him, and he got embarrassed. I think he's going to – him and, honestly, the whole Rams team are going to come out primetime football again, and they're going to be pissed, and they're going to play lights out. And I think the Rams, you know, they could break 50 uh, with this offense and with how angry they're going to be. I I really expect big, big things from the Rams offense this
2: week. I'm with you. In reality, though – I was like, Odell Beckham, like, he could be – If I mean, if you have him and, like, you're, you're stuck between him and a low-end wide receiver, why not? We just watched Colt McCoy put up, what was it, 35 points with no DeAndre Hopkins and no A.J. Green on this 49ers defense. Like, it's possible. It's their new toy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think this really affects Cup status at all. I think it's going to be more Robert Woods and Odell Beckham Junior Van Jefferson, like those guys, will be the ones battling for fantasy relevancy uh, as the season progresses. But they're going to call up a player two to get Odell Beckham on. And part of the reason he picked the Rams was it's a Monday night game. There was a better chance he got to play this week. I mean, that wasn't like the deciding factor for that. Sure, I'm sure went into it. So, but like Tyler said, this Rams offense is loaded. Uh, the only guy, there's not really any guy that I'm not considering playing on their offense this week.
0: Well, yeah, I could definitely see that. There's a chance that there could be so many points put up that Odell Beckham could get a touchdown. He could be okay, but and there is an extra day in the you know in the office basically because of them playing Monday. But I, if you're going to play Odell Beckham, I still don't like it this week just because he hasn't been in the system for too long. There's gonna be a very limited number of plays that he's up to speed on. I feel more confident in running backs on short weeks because, I mean, most of the time it's just the offense has 10, say 10 schemed runs and they just kind of, you know, hide it differently. So the running back can get up to speed faster than a wide receiver who has to learn all these different routes, all these different calls. They'd have to baby him in. I think if, they're, if you want to get one more good week out of Robert Woods before you have to really start worrying, this would be the week. I'm okay with starting Robert Woods this week because of the situation. And I hope you're right about Cooper Cup not being affected by the signing just because he's been the by far wide receiver one. We were talking like, oh, maybe he's going to drop off and be that wide receiver two that we're used to. And he hasn't been. We were finally bought in. And now this happens. I, I hope Cup stays as that dominant wide receiver for fantasy. But you're right. After that, it's a big head scratcher. Just this week, I'm treating it as Odell Beckham is not in the building yet, just because there's not a lot of time, and I'm starting Robert Woods, and that's that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also safe to say if you have if you've been benching Van Jefferson, waiting for you know an injury or that breakout game, or maybe you're just Mm -hmm. in one of those really deep leagues. We know there's 16 team leagues out there. We know there's teams or leagues that have five, six, seven spots just to be crazy uh, if you're in one of those leagues that's been starting van jefferson i think that time's over uh this week might be the last time you really see something good out of him he might have that like one big play here or there but um sadly van jefferson as a up-and-coming young receiver he's gonna have to sit down and wait his turn again uh, i don't think he's worth
2: owning in leagues anymore well i think Definitely that's
0: enough agree with that
2: yeah i think that's enough rams Top, there is another team on the field. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, they're, they're not playing great. Uh, I think nope. it's honestly t- time to start asking the question, is Kyle Shanahan a good coach? Is he overrated? You know, wow. Everyone talks about this. He's an offensive genius. He is now on, what, his third or fourth losing season in four or five years. I mean, they had the one really good year. He's paid a boatload of money out to running backs, and yet we still don't know which running back to start here. I think – we and, we got to question the GM too. This is a organization that we had high expectations for and we're consistently let down. A lot of people will say it's due to injuries, which definitely I understand, especially last year they dealt with injuries, but they've, they've struggled. They just gave up 35 points to a backup quarterback with missing their top two wide receiver options. Tough days in San Francisco. But speaking of their running back, is there any of them that you're willing to start this week?
1: Uh, I like Elijah Mitchell. I, I don't, This week is definitely tough. Um, I'd say he's like a running back three, potential flex. I don't love starting him. If you have other options that you can play, I would definitely throw them in. But if you're going to start a 49ers running back, I think it's got to be Eli Mitchell at this point. I know that Jeff Wilson has been the guy that we're like, hey, stash on your IR. Well, he was finally activated last week and then didn't see the field at all. So uh, I don't think he's ready yet. Wilson might eat into his carries later in the season. Um, but I think, and also you got to think about the fact of game script. We've said it so many times. I think the Rams are going to go up big early. I think the 49ers are going to have to abandon the run. We've seen Eli Mitchell use in the past game, just not heavily. Um, so if you have to start a running back, put in Mitchell, if their Forty 49ers are going to get a touchdown, it's probably going to be either him or Debo. So, um, Yeah, I just, I don't love it. Try to find other options if you have them. Um, And as far as wide receivers, like I said, Debo Samuel, you're probably still starting him if you have him. Um, I don't love it because the 49ers as a whole are just a mess. But if you have Debo, you're probably starting him. If you have George Kittle, you're probably starting him. If you have Brandon Ayuk, I don't think he's ready yet. I would still bench him personally. Maybe it's the coming alive show of Brandon Ayuk, but I just, not this week.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you guys what you thought about Brandon Ayuk, and I was going to throw in. I don't like the matchup, I, I, and Debo is fully healthy. I think part of the Brandon Ayuk coming on last week was the injury. I'd like to believe he could build some momentum on it and keep going because he is such a talented wide receiver. and have been waiting for the breakout and waiting for it, but I think even in a normal situation where you say Brandon Ayuk is coming back alive, it's just a tough matchup, so it's hard to say play him regardless. So, yeah, I'm sitting him on the bench. I'm not going to overreact if he only scores six points. I'm more looking for is he on the field the entire game and is he still getting looks uh, to see how we're going to progress with him in future weeks.
2: Yeah, I think, I think both Tyler and George hit the nail on the head there. So that wraps up our fantasy preview. Again, it's another long one, but it's always great to have all three of us here. And as always, thanks for listening to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast.
1: And guys, you heard me say it a bunch of times throughout the podcast, but a lot of these things hinge on who you have. So if you need lineup advice, don't just, you know, go with any old website. Don't just, uh, you know, pick whoever's projected more by your fantasy app. Like, come to us. We got three great minds. We can all go together and find the best lineup for you. Come to us uh, and reach out to us about the podcast. Message us, comment talk some smack on George, whatever you need to do. uh, Just honestly, this podcast is so much more fun for us and way more fun for you when you get involved. So please
0: get involved. And thank you guys one more time for listening in. Be sure you join us next week when we recap week 10 and talk about some waivers going into week 11. We're getting close to the fantasy playoff guys. Thank you one more time for Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap. I'm George Kirk, and we'll see you all next week. Boom!